Welcome to the StoryCraft Cafe. Come in, grab a cup of your favorite beverage, and get ready to join the storytelling conversation. StoryCraft Cafe is brought to you by Dabble, the ultimate cloud-based fiction writing software. Here we're going to bring together storytellers from all walks to encourage and empower you to craft your best story. It's October, and that means it's time to start working on that novel that you've been thinking about. Our friends at NaNoWriMo have famously dubbed November as National Novel Writing Month, and we look forward to that time each year. Dabble has some amazing built-in features that help you prepare for writing that novel. So we decided to form a group of writers who could prepare together and then write their novels together as a way to inspire and help each other through the process. Last Thursday, we had our first meeting of the Dabblers and talked about what we planned to do and how we wanted to make it happen. Listen in and join us and the writing challenge. There's still time to jump in. Tuesday night, we'll have another hangout, this time with Jacob Wright, Dabble CEO, and we'll talk all about how Dabble's tools can help you succeed at your own writing challenge, especially the plot grid. Thanks for listening. And we are live. Welcome, everyone, to uh, this special edition of the StoryCraft Cafe podcast uh, live stream. Tonight, we are kicking off what's kind of a pre-kickoff uh, meeting for our Write a Novel in 60 Days with Dabble Challenge. Uh, this is something that I just dreamed up about a month ago, and then I emailed some of my best friends and said, hey guys, I've got this idea that I want to do and I don't want to do it alone. Why don't you come on and do it with me? And uh, Josh Hayes and Ian Garner and Amy Hale and Lauren Moore were all just, you know, ready to go on this crazy uh, journey with me. And what we're going to do, I'll I'll just kind of give everybody a really quick introduction. Uh, Dapple, who sponsors the StoryCraft Cafe has been a sponsor of NaNoWriMo for a number of years, and we love Nano. And you know, Nano the 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 uh, idea behind it is to write at least fifty thousand words because that's the uh, the kind of entry bar for novel length work is fifty thousand words, and you do that in November. So in the whole month of of November, you what what's that come out to? Has anybody done Nano like sixteen hundred and 70 something words a day I think it is I'm just pulling it off the top of my head um, but you know if you're going to succeed at nano um, one thing that that they tell you is that you should prepare ahead of time so I was thinking what if we had a month to prepare and then a month to then with the preparation that we've done get those 50,000 words now some people that may look like a full month of preparation and a full month of writing some people, it may look like a couple of weeks of prep and then six weeks of writing. Um, you know, we're, we're not being dogmatic about that. But I was just thinking, what if we took this great concept, stretched it out a little bit to encompass? Uh, and, and the challenge that I, that I gave these guys was let's, let's come in with a fresh mind and go from idea to plan to first draft in, in two months. And, uh, and everybody said that sounded like a lot of fun. So here we are. And, um, yeah, 1,667 words a day, uh, 
Mr. Beanie's bitty bond said. Oh, there you go. So, Bam. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you I was for off that. I my one. I fail. Yeah, right. So, um, so anyway, um, I'm Hank Garner. I am the, uh, the uh, chief evangelist at Dabble and the, uh, the podcaster uh, extraordinaire. Uh, Ian is an, an English teacher, a middle school English teacher who has written a number of short stories. Ian, this is your first long work that you've committed to, though, right? That's correct. Okay. Nice. Um, no and, pressure or anything. Yeah. <laughs> no pressure. You know, that's that's just what we're that, that's what we're here for. Uh, Josh is uh, the author of several uh, science fiction and military sci-fi specifically uh, novels, and you, you also back in the day. Um, I, I remember when I first fell in love with your work, uh, Josh, was when you wrote that series. And forgive me, I can't remember the name of it, but you'll correct me uh the the one that was the retelling of peter pan ah um second star it's unpublished now but yeah second star yeah that, i love that I, I loved what you did with it and since then has you have you know uh your military sci-fi especially has just really taken off and and you've honed uh, a niche there for that and uh so that's josh hayes well, thank you appreciate amy it. amy hale um Probably the the person other than Ian that I have known the longest in this group, uh, Amy and I go back uh, over a decade with some other work that we used to do. We could talk about that later. Um, <laughs> but Amy uh, has has found this really interesting uh, niche in romance with a little fantasy and some kind of supernatural stories. Um, welcome to the challenge, Amy. Thank you. And Lauren Moore, editor extraordinaire and one of the keystroke medium stalwarts. Uh, Lauren is is one of the, the best editors that I know, and she brings a really interesting skill set to the challenge. But Lauren has decided um, to write her first novel length work. You've written some nonfiction before, right? I have. And also I co-wrote a novel with Richard Fox which is out there. And then I've got another um, Western romance that's on my hard drive and not published, not released to the world <laughs> yet. But this is going to be my first, going to be military fantasy. Military nice. fantasy. Well, writing yeah. with Richard Fox, that should um, get you special uh, gems in your crown in heaven or, or something <laughs> that taught me a lot. And now this, this will be, this will be all me and I'm excited for the challenge. And also that we have this whole structure here to kind of keep each other motivated and do, to do this as a team, to take on this challenge as a team. So I'm excited. So, um, Lauren, I, I know that we've, we've said that we're, we're, we have tried to not do, much planning ahead of time, but I think we all have been kind of thinking about what we want to write. And um, the the book that I'm going to write, um, I'm using some characters that I had already created in a town that I have already created. And so I've, I'm coming in with some things already known and I've, I've got to work out some plot things uh, coming up. But Lauren, have you thought about what you're going to write? Did you say military fantasy? What, what does that mean? Yeah, so um, this will be a, uh, a novel that will be set in my friend's universe, 
and they already have a series going on, but it's a series that I have not read yet, but it is a very expansive, immersive universe. So right now I am in research mode. I am listening to the books on Audible. Um, If I had my druthers, I'd be creating an encyclopedia right now. (laughs) But um, we are getting short on time. We've got like a little more than a day before this starts. But right now I'm just kind of like soaking myself in their universe. I'm taking notes. I'm trying to figure out what this world is like, um, what these characters are like. Uh, My my character that my book is going to be centered on is kind of mentioned a couple times and she's kind of a mysterious person. So my task Um, should I be able to complete it, would be to take on this one character and create a whole novel that's uh, about an incident that's, again, mentioned in another book, but I have to, like, flesh it out and create the whole story behind that that incident. Love it. Um, Amy, what about you? What what are you thinking that that you might get up to? Uh, Well... (laughs) To be honest, most of the stories that I write, I've been thinking about forever. <laughs> yeah. You know, that they, they hit you, you know, in the middle of the night or whatever, and you think about them and you you, you obsess over them and whatever for months and months, sometimes years. Um, the one that I'm actually considering going with um, is it, it's a ghost story because um, I really love the paranormal stuff with my paranormal romance. And then I just finished, a, I wrote, my last book was a thriller and I kind of like getting into the darker stuff. Um, so I think I'm going to go with a full-fledged ghost story based off of something that kind of happened when I was a kid. Oh, I love it. I love it. Uh, ghost stories. Um, y- you know, there, there's something I, that I just absolutely love about a story that um, that mixes real life with a little fantastical, you know, kind of the things working behind the things. That Those kind of stories just really... Um, get me get the wheels turning so i can't wait to see what you come up with uh josh you are uh kind of in the middle of writing a series i think you're you're finishing up book one right now is it am i understanding that right uh yeah uh, my series is called weaponized um it's a completely new universe for me the first book uh just today i crossed about one hundred and twenty thousand words and uh probably hit like 130 135 before it's done i was nice. hoping to have that done before we started this but it looks like it's not going to be completely done um but i'm just going to start book two before book one is done and and it'll be fine. I'll, I'll make the uh, I'll make the time because mm-hmm. I've got a. I just looked at my uh, my idea file for book two, and it looks like I've got to scrap like half of it because of stuff that I changed in book one. <laughs> uh, so uh, I will be writing the second book in my weaponized series. Called it's called Weaponized Wrath. The first one's Weaponized Fury, and it's a uh, it's a uh, basically military sci-fi slash a little bit of a spy thriller. I love it. So that that's funny because you would think, oh, Josh is coming in and he's going to write book two. He's got a a a world already fleshed out. He's got plot devices in play, um, and then you're you're going into book two having to restructure some plot and stuff because the story went somewhere that you didn't expect it. Yeah, one hundred percent. Well, the the finished product or the the manuscript where it sits at now looks nothing like the last half of my outline (laughs) like it absolutely like 
about uh, two months ago, I, I realized that where I was going was not where I wanted to be. So I had to scrap like 20,000 words. I added a plot line and then took it in the direction I needed to go. Well, I'd made the plans for book two before I made all those changes. So now I've got to go back and restitch it. Okay, I'm going to come back because I want to talk about that in just a minute because we're going to talk a little bit about plotting. And and you have always been my plotting hero. And, yeah. you know, I, I talk about my friend Josh all the time who is a stalwart plotter and planner. And you're talking about something that, that people say um, you avoid if you're a proper planner. So I want to come back and talk about that in just a minute. Cool. Um, Ian, what, yeah. what are you planning? All right, so my plan is to do uh, a YA high fantasy uh, novel because as a as a middle school English teacher, that's what I feel like I know best. Um, and I've always loved Celtic mythology, any mythology really. I've got Lord of the Rings swords hanging up on my wall right behind me, actually. Um, I want to take the idea of St. Patrick, and you know how the story goes, he drives all the snakes out of Ireland and all that. Well, uh, I was doing some research, and the word that they use for snake in the Old Celtic might be a mistranslation for dragon. So my idea is, what if St. Patrick gets kidnapped by pirates, and he finds that Ireland is completely overrun by dragons, and he joins a group of druids who teach him how to fight back against their dragon overlords, something like that. So wow. Take my money. I'm, that I'm, is cool. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Um, the story that I'm writing, um, I wrote a book a, a few years ago called Writer's Block, and it was about um, a an author who was very successful, and he had written a series of books, and he was he was trying to deliver the final book in a series, and due to um, life situations that happened. He developed writer's block and he couldn't get through it. And the story is not so much about his writer's block as it is about him working through the the emotional baggage that he had that gets him to the place where he can get through that. So, um, and, uh, and I've had the most um, feedback from readers about that character. So I thought um, this would be a great character to explore earlier in his life when he's first breaking in or trying to break in. And um, and I've got this little town that I've created that's been in a number of books that I've written um, called Weston, Mississippi. It's a made up town, but um, interesting things happen in this little town. So uh, I'm going to uh, write a murder mystery, uh, which I've always wanted to write like a real um, murder mystery that's that's, you know, like. Agatha Christie-esque um, and uh, and it's something I've never written before. And uh, but I'm taking characters that I know already in a place that I know already and then, you know, killing people and finding out what happens. So that's <laughs> that's what I'm planning on doing. Oh, man. Um, Amy, um, are you a, a planner or a pantser? I call myself a planter. <laughs> um, I used to be 100%, you know, pantser. Um, but I have learned to at least plot the main points and then, you know, take off from there. Um, but I always know my beginning and my end. It's always the middle. That's just a little fuzzy. But yeah, I kind of combine the, the two. Gotcha. Um, wh while uh, 
we're talking to you, Amy. Um, Yam655 said, what sort of plot structure for the ghost story, a traditional Western structure? I've heard Kishotenketsu. I know I just murdered that. Is good for that sort of thing. Um, do you have any any input to, to that question? At this point, no, because it's really just starting to form. And I, I've got to kind of sit down and figure out the best the best way to tackle it. And I think that's going to depend on a lot of different things. So at this point, I'm not really sure yet what I'm doing. I mean, I'm, I'm totally like <laughs> no clue at this point. <laughs> love it. I love it. Uh, Lauren, do you have any opinions about uh, plot versus plan or pantsing versus planning? Yeah, I love planning. <laughs> I love planning. I love to know where we're going to go, um, who these characters are, what the world is, what the conflict is, how the different conflict threads are going to come together. Um, and it, the audience that I'm writing to has really high expectations. Like they, they really love a well-crafted story. Um, so in order to uh, get this book published and to make those reader ha readers happy and engaged, I, I've, I feel like this has got to be really good. So I'm planning on spending a lot of our time uh, in the next 60 days um, planning and, and plotting it out. What I'm going to do is I'm going to figure out what the major plot points are and then just start fleshing it out on my Word doc and um, get all my beats out there. And then when I start writing it, I'm just going to flesh out those beats. And if I get to a scene that I'm really inspired by and excited by, I'm just gonna go ahead and write that and then um, keep on building on from there. So I'm thinking about writing this outline kind of like a, a painter might like add more detail, add more color, add more color, add more layers. And I'm gonna do that in writing form. That's my plan anyway. We'll see how it actually happens in the next 60 days. We'll find out. Our friend, uh, Steve Bollier, uh, talks about uh, the onion method of writing. Yes. Of writing something and then going back over and adding more texture and 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 adding and adding and adding until you know a, a 500 word scene becomes 2000 words or something by just adding, you know, texture onto that. And I've always liked that analogy. Yeah, that's the exact idea. And I'm, I'm going to have two main point of view characters. So I'm going to need to get to know both of those characters. Um, one, she's kind of nerdy. She's a little bit like me. And the other one, um, I'm going to use Dan Cranshaw as a character study. So I've got his book. I'm going to be reading this as part of my research and uh, trying to get some like ideas of like, well, how would, how would a seal think in different situations? Um, so Will there be an eye patch in your story? Oh, that's a good idea. Oh, no, no, he is going to be wounded. So I don't know what the wound is yet. I'll find out. But yeah, maybe, maybe. I love it. Um, Ian, what are your thoughts on planning versus pantsing? It varies from moment to moment. Um, I like to take what I call the Jack Sparrow approach to everything, where I just make it all up as I go, but make it look like I planned it all out from the very beginning, so no one doubts the brilliance of it. I will be making an outline, just a bare bones outline, because I need to know where the story beats are and where I can build up to it, but I still want enough of a liberal approach where the characters breathe on their own. 
Uh, I do know that I'll be using some of my D&D and video game knowledge of how um, parties grow, because I don't want Patrick doing everything all by himself. I want this to kind of grow into maybe like an ensemble story. Um, so as far as planning all of it out, I have bare bones, just the, the most bare. But I, I will probably uh, spend all weekend long eating my words and planning so much more initially. Uh, yeah. So. Josh, you told me uh, several years ago now, you said, um, because we were having a, a, a spirited debate about plotting versus pantsing, and and um, I, I'll have to dig the show up where we talked about it and, and listen to the actual conversation again, because I'm sure the, the legend of it has grown in my mind. Oh, it definitely from, has. From what the original conversation was. But, but you told me, you said everyone uh, outlines. It's just, are you going to outline your story before you write it, or are you going to outline your story after you've written it, and then you know try to find some cohesive or coherent structure that runs through all the babble that you've written, and and that has always stuck with me that um, uh, that there are that, that yeah that there there is a plan that comes into all writing. It's just you know where do you plan, and. Um, I like to know where the story I'm writing is going to end before I start it. I, I don't always know how I'm going to get there, but I always know the ending. I, and a lot of times I'll know the final scene and, mm. and there's a, there's an emotional, um, th there's a payoff and I'm writing toward that payoff. Yeah. And, and I don't always know how I'm going to get there, but, it, but I know where I'm going. Um, and then a lot of times I will uh, – I like to write two or three chapters just to kind of get to know the characters and kind of figure out who they are and kind of what they're going to be doing um, in their normal life so that I can then stick them in a tree and then set the tree on fire. Yeah. Um, you know, but um, – so in this challenge, um, I've been trying to think about how I can be a planner and and how I can – be more um, consistent with that and more um, consistent not the word I'm looking for, be more intentional. Yeah. About it. And, um, and this is a, this is becoming a real stretch for me. Um, I, it is forcing me to, to sit and think ahead of time instead of just thinking through my fingers and, you know, thinking as I write. Um, what, what do you think, Josh? Uh, how did your, opinions about planning form um it, it, does is that just what comes natural to you or was there an experience that taught you that this is how what works best for you how did you come to the ideas that you hold uh well it's two things um it, it's funny you mentioned the uh, the payoff at the end of the book like getting there and and having that you know where you're going feeling it's the same thing in the outline just smaller on chapters because if you have a, an idea for your chapter and you write to that idea and you hit that idea and you're like solid i nailed it uh, and also when you do that and you get to the end of what the chapter is but you haven't hit the thing that you needed to hit on your outline so now you have an extra chapter that you need to write to hit the thing that you wanted to hit on your outline but whatever it happens <laughs> all the time um i have always been a a planner my uh outlining has grown 
in the way that I do it over the years. Um, I co-wrote a series called Terra Nova with Richard Fox, uh, the same Richard that Lauren has worked with. He's a good friend of mine. And um, his outlining method was very different from mine. And um, he would, uh, his process is basically you just start with an outline in word and just write the scene. And then when that idea for the scene is done, you go to the next one, then the next one, the next one, almost like doing story beats. Right. But he will put in brackets where he's telling himself this not might not be true. And so he keeps author's notes in his outline because the outline is basically the narrative of the story, the way the characters are involving it. But then he has author notes to himself to remind himself this is not what it needs to be. You need to allude to something else. Um, and he does that through his whole story. There's all, sometimes where he gets excited about a scene and I do the same thing. I get excited about a scene and I have a whole conversation in the outline with no dialogue tags or nothing. I just use like J dash whatever and say what it is. I use the character initials and all that stuff. Um, so my outlines typically are mm, for a hundred thousand word books, probably like 11,000. 12,000 words, maybe longer. Um, um, I like to know where I'm going. And I say that, but I did like a 9,000 word outline for the first weaponized book and thought for sure that's what I wanted to do. And I got halfway through and had to scrap all of it. Um, but uh, to Susie's point, the overplanning, my, my uh, outlines are detailed but I am not married to it at all. So if something happens in the writing that I'm like, that is way cooler than what I wrote in the outline, I can, I have no problem getting rid of all of it and just doing it again. And I've told this to several people when they, they're like, you take all the joy out of writing when you plan all of it. And there's no experience. I'm like, well, you have to pants the outline. Right. I, I pants the plan. And so like, that is the, that is the experience and everything else is just color. It's like Rob, uh, Lauren was saying, um, doing a kind of a painting painter's method. It's a uh, outline is just the sketch. And then all the rest of the words is just color. Yeah. I, I, I get that. Um, yeah. M six, five, five said, if I can write a novel in 30 days, I can rewrite a novel in 30 days when tack tackling a complete rewrite planning and plotting are effectively the same. And uh, that kind of goes back to um, that idea that, that, uh, that Josh had about everyone uh, finds that narrative thread, uh, you know, it's just, are you going to do it at the beginning or the end? And right. um, I, I guess that's just the the difference in mindset. Um when uh, Amy, um, you uh, in the ghost story that you're writing, um, do you have characters in mind? Uh, are you uh, you said that that you have an experience based on something that is uh, close to to real life that happened? Um, how are you going to? begin to kind of flesh out your characters and do, do you have any insight that that you could share with us for kind of discovering uh new characters in a new work well uh like one of the characters is actually going to be um a house i used to live in i mean that that the house itself is almost going to be like a character i think um and then um there were some neighbors that I will probably base 
some characters off of. Um, and then of course me and my siblings, you know, I'll have to rework that a little bit, but um, yeah, there was some weird stuff that happened at this house. So I, it's just, it's given me a lot of ideas to take it and just run with it. Um, but you know, th- you know, pulling from real life is a great way to, to, um, to come up with some crazy stuff. Cause sometimes real life is crazier than fiction. <laughs> Absolutely. And that um, character development is one of the the funnest parts of writing to me is, you know, because you, we all experience this cast of characters uh, in, in day-to-day life and finding ways to pull in this character trait and maybe mix it with this character trait and mm-hmm. then um, maybe mix a little bit of yourself in there with it. You know, that's yeah. One thing that that readers don't readers always look for a character in your book that that is representative of you, and more times than not, all of the characters are representative of you and you know different shades and different sides, and that's always fun to play with. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Ian, as a as a school teacher, are you going to find a way to uh, incorporate uh, students or faculty members? <laughs> Oh, wow. um, you know, I hadn't considered that too much. There's probably one or two students I might um, put in there. Just, you know, the ones that give me the most trouble, I'll probably make them <laughs> one of the minor antagonists or something. I don't know. Um, I will probably share the progress with my students as I'm writing, kind of get some of their feedback to see what they would like to see in the book because they are the target audience. So if I can get them as a captive audience in my class an hour a day and say, Hey, so what do you want to read about when I'm writing this thing? What do you want to see? That would be a really huge benefit. And maybe I could give some bonus points. Like uh, if you write a perfect essay, I'll name a character after you or something like that. Mm-hmm. Make it a cool uh, group activity. Kind of get them to buy into it. That'd be a lot of fun. And, yeah. uh, and you have to share those uh, interactions uh, that, that you get from them. Oh, yeah. Josh, um, when when planning out um, the grand scope of a novel, um, how much do you plan out characters? Um, I heard Brandon Sanderson talk one time about that he likes to plot out the plot, um, but sometimes allow the character development to uh, to come about uh, a, a little more by pantsing, kind of discover the characters as he writes them but he knows what these characters are going to do but maybe not all of the character aspects um how do you feel about character development so that is one of the things that actually i i don't typically plan and it that is something that 100 usually comes out in the writing of the narrative uh for instance i have a character in the book uh, his name is edwards and uh, in the book, I needed a medic. And so he just happened to be the medic in the book. Um, and then it hit me about halfway through the book. Why don't I make him a religious guy? I don't have a religious guy in there. Um, but then I had to go back and change to make a big point of him not swearing. Because in a scene at the end, he swears. And I want that to be like really impactful on his character. But that. I didn't plan any of that. It just, it just happened. Um, and, uh, that happens with most of them. Like a, a lot of the, um, beginning chapters are all plot 
and the characters are there, but like the cardboard characters that you don't really know anything about. And then after like right now, while I'm writing the end, I'm going back and filling in chapters in the beginning where I'm, I'm like, okay, I know who this person is now. I can do this in the beginning and it, and it sets up things later on. And a lot of that stuff is just fluid as I'm writing it. Love it. Um, Carol had a great question. Any suggestions for writers who work full time at another job and would like to write a book? I think almost all of us have other jobs or other responsibilities that we're juggling on top of our writing passion that we're pursuing. Um, how do how do y'all juggle, um, you know, d- taking care of your daily responsibilities while also writing and especially you know, some people take a year or two to write a novel, uh, but we we have a a window that we're operating in. So, are there any things that you have developed over the years that you think might help you in this challenge or just in writing in general? Um, Lauren, we'll start. Yeah, with you. yeah. My biggest battle is in focus and attention. <laughs> so when you're creating a scene and you're, you're doing creative writing. It's not like writing an essay where I've got my, my essay outline and my plan for all of my points. And then the words just kind of flow from the argument I'm trying to make and the evidence that I'm building. This is creative writing. So I might have like a general idea of what's supposed to happen in the scene, but I don't know what the characters are going to say and where I need to have um, prose and description and stuff like those words have to flow and to untap that I've got to have my mind clear. So a couple things I've noticed that can help is one, um, a daily habit. So I've got (laughs) my time like, Oh, it is five o'clock in the morning. So I'm not going to make the choice about whether or not I'm going to write. It's, this is just my, my writing time that I found works most consistently every day. So I've got that time, I've got that place kind of carved out and figured out and I can just kind of set to the task of writing. Um, And that just helps a little bit. I mean, maybe maybe all I can get is a few sentences, but I've accomplished feeding the habit for that day. Um, So, and then other other responsibilities can interrupt and I can move on with the rest of my day. But I know that I've got, you know, for, for Tuesday, I have my Tuesday writing space and writing time um, allotted and figured out. Then the other thing is I know social media has somewhat fragmented my attention and my focus recently. So I know that starting October 1st, and it's not October 1st yet, but starting October 1st, I'm going to have to like, like really, um, put some limits on allowing my attention and focus to be distracted by other things like social media. So I'm going to have to pick and choose. And I choose keystroke medium. I choose editing, which is my full-time job. I choose my family and I choose this book. And I'm going to have to just kind of pare away a lot of the other stuff for uh, 60 days. Let's do this. Love it. Um, What about you, Amy? You've, you've written 40,000 books. Um, How how do you juggle, um, you know, the, getting the words in while also, you know, maintaining your relationship with your husband, John and your kids and, you know, other responsibilities. How how do you manage it all? Well, I'll admit it was a lot easier for me for several years because it was my full-time job um, uh, outside of, you know, kids and family and all that. Um, More recently, at the beginning of the year, I started working full-time due to other events that 
created a need for me to go back to work. And um, so now I am trying to relearn some habits to make sure that I get my writing time in. And that definitely has been a struggle for me. I mean, after uh, working for myself for like, you know, 10, 15 years, it's a little harder to get into the groove of working for someone else. But um, but very, very much like what Lauren said, setting aside time to write. This is my dedicated writing time. And listen, you know, the house is on fire or someone's bleeding. Nothing interrupts my writing time. Um, setting specific moods. Like if I know I'm going to go in and write a sad, a sad scene, if I know that's what the focus is for today, I get the right kind of music going. I set the right kind of environment and I just get at it. And, um, you know, sometimes the words flow real easy. Sometimes it's like pulling teeth to get them to, you know, sometimes I may not get very many words out, but at least I got something out. And I think that's the main thing. As long as you're doing something, you're taking steps forward, you're going to eventually get it done. Um, some days are going to be great. Other days are going to suck. But um, <laughs> it's just getting the words on paper because you can't fix something you haven't written yet. And I think that's been usually when people ask me for writing advice, that's the first thing I say. Just write it. You can right. fix it later. It doesn't have to be perfection. Perfection is the enemy of progress, especially with writing. Yeah. And, and remember at the end of this challenge, this is the challenge is to get a first draft written. We're, we're not talking about a pretty draft. We're not talking about a, a draft ready to send to an agent or to upload to KDP or, you know, whatever your preferred method of, of publishing is. This is first draft. And, and then we'll worry about editing and all of that later. That, that all comes later, but you can't do anything until you get that first draft finished. Uh, Ian, do you have any strategies that you've been thinking about to make sure that you stay on course? Yes, controlled chaos is <laughs> what most of my life is. Um, uh, early mornings are a little difficult because I'm getting ready for work early morning. So what I'll do is any free time that I have at work, which is few and far between, I'll just brainstorm. I'll just come up with ideas like like the whole uh like the whole researching, like what dragons fit in, that that was a work idea. So what I'll do is I'll come home and typically I might play the Xbox for maybe like an hour and I'll just pare that down to, to writing time instead. You know, uh, I was mowing grass the other day and I turned the mower off and I walked inside and just started scribbling down notes like a madman, grabbed some water and went back out and finished the yard work. Just find whatever time in your day that you have to get these ideas out and just make it work. Just, I love it. Just got to get it done. Just got to get it done. Um, yeah. You know, Amy talked about um, having that that time uh, as, a, as a full-time writer. Uh, but even when you have – when that is your sole job, you still wind up juggling mm -hmm. the, the response. There's a lot of things that come along with being a writer that have nothing to do with writing. Mm -hmm. And um, Josh, uh, you, with your work with Keystroke Medium and now you're working with Athon Books and writing, um, there's a lot of writing stuff in your life. That, that doesn't necessarily have a lot to do with you actually writing. Uh, and this is something that I struggled with for uh, for eight years doing the Author Stories podcast, is that mm -hmm. sometimes you can get so busy doing good stuff uh, about writing that you're not writing yourself. Uh, and, and, you know, working with Dabbled uh, now, which is a, a, uh, a dream job that I absolutely love, um, that's still – 
job time and then there's writing time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, those are things that, that I'm uh, going to have to make sure that I set time aside as well each day. Um, is, do you have a, a time each day, Josh, that, that you like for writing time early in the morning, late at night when the kids go to bed? What, where, where do you find time? Uh, I absolutely hate writing before the sun comes up, but that's when I write right before the sun comes up. I, I, I hate getting up in the mornings. I hate waking up on an alarm, but my best words are when I'm half awake and sipping coffee and the steam smears my glasses. And then I can't see what I'm writing. Like literally I'm like glaring at the screen typing in the morning. And those are my best words. And then when I'm wide awake at like one o'clock in the afternoon, I just sit there and look at the computer like this and nothing comes out. Um, and I don't know if that's because four years uh, before I went full time as an author, and now I I, I still do it full time. The Athon stuff's just kind of part time, but um, you know I'd have to get up before my day job, so I would plan for two hours um, because you always say I'm going to get up and write for an hour, and then you plan for that hour, but that hour really is an hour. The hour of writing is like an hour and a half of awake time because you've got to wake up, you got to get your coffee or tea or whatever. It's not actually an hour. So yeah, I always plan for two. So I would have at least an hour and a half to get going and get words done and try to get uh, 2000 words in that hour and a half and then go to work. And so I think just that doing that for three years um, just made my brain do all the good words in the morning. Um, I can usually go till about noon. Um, and then at about noon, I'm done. My brain doesn't want to work anymore. So I go and do Athon work or kick on the Xbox. And um, But what I'm going to be doing now is I'm going to be doing all the, the real writing, real writing, the finishing book one stuff in the morning. And plotting and planning is my, that's my jam. That's my meth. I will sit down and plan a book for like eight hours straight. So um, starting on the first, that's, I'm going to be doing that in the afternoons and then the evenings, just sitting down and plot. I love planning books. If I could plan books for a living, I would do that for sure. <laughs> yeah, there, There's something, you know, you said that you hate writing before the sun comes up, but there's something about, um, when you do the thing that you don't want to do and, yeah. and maybe in a time that's hard, uh, in a way that's hard, th- there's a great documentary um, came out several years ago. It's called It Might Get Loud, I think's the name of it. And it's uh, it's three guitar players. It's Jack White from The White Stripes. It's The Edge from U2 and Jimmy Page from Led Zeppelin. And three guitar players from three different generations, three different styles, and they just talk about playing guitar for uh, – anyway, it's you know it's nerdy in that way. But in the beginning, Jack White um, makes a guitar out of a two-by-four, uh, and he nails down a, a pickup, um, and he – you know, stretches uh, a guitar string across this two by four with a with a coke bottle as as a bridge for it, and 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 he talks about in, in the documentary he talks about finding guitars that are out of uh, out of tune and out of shape, and and having to work at making something of it. And he he mm. he says there's like a biblical analogy of you know that that God said that that you had to work the the soil to to make something out of life and he said there's something about having to work at something that that makes it more special when you get something out of it and yeah and that's a, a really nerdy thing to pull out of that 
documentary, but that resonated with me when I heard that, that there's uh, lots of things in life when you have to struggle at it and you have to, when it's, when it's not the time of day that, that is convenient, uh, those are when magical things happen a lot of times when you put the effort in when you don't want to. True. Anyway, that's my sermon for today. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, just, I'm going to, uh, if you're in Dabble, um, in the, the top right here, there's a goals and stats section. Uh, and if you hit the little gear there, you can put a deadline. So uh, for my project, um, I put a deadline of November 30th, and my word goal is 85,000 words. And um, I know we said that the uh, the barrier for this challenge is 50,000 words. So as long as I get the 50,000 words and my plan, then I'm in good shape. But my ultimate goal is 85,000 words for this because I did some research on the genre that I'm writing this in, and 85,000 words is kind of the sweet spot of that. So I plugged that in and oh, oh, and I want to show you all this. Um, you can also put in days off. So maybe I want to take Saturday every Saturday off. I can just click those off days and then uh, go over to October and I can take every Saturday off uh, and then save those changes. And then right up here, it tells me today's goal is 1448 words so every day i need to hit 1448 words if i'm going to get that 85,000 words in the 60 days um so and then it tells me uh, i've written 1016 words so far 83,984 remaining of my 85,000 word goal so anyway some little things that that might help um and then the the plot grid, uh, and we can talk more about this later. Um, I've started kind of laying out scenes that I'm going to write, um, kind of what some of the key plot points are that I'm looking at, who the characters are going to be that fall uh, into those scenes, where those scenes take place, and then sort of an inciting action that's going to happen uh, in that. So then if I if I work out these cards uh for that then when i go into um that scene um then those note cards that i made show up here and i can click those open and see what i wrote for those so just a a glimpse glad that at, i watched your tutorial there because i had no idea you could <laughs> what's I, I didn't hear you josh what i'm glad that i want you had you showed me that because i had no idea you could do that with the plot feature Absolutely. It's, uh, and, and this is uh, something that, that Jacob, our CEO, and I have been talking about the last couple of days, uh, especially. He, he even gave me a challenge to think in terms of scenes instead of chapters. Um, I've always thought in terms of chapters, like this is going to happen in this chapter. And, and, and a lot of times I'll have two or three different scenes in a chapter. And he challenged me to think in terms of scenes and then figure out where the chapter breaks are. Uh, after the fact. And so that's something I'm thinking about. And um, yeah, we'll, we'll see kind of what that uh, what that brings about. Uh, but anyway, those are um, some of the uh, initial things that might be helpful in the um, in the using dabble to write 
uh, a novel in 60 days challenge. Also, we um, dabble normally has a two week free trial for any one of you can sign up and you can use dabble for, for free for two weeks and see if you like it. Um, during NaNoWriMo, we extend that free trial from two weeks to two months. So uh, if you'll go to dabblewriter.com, create an account, uh, and then on October 1st, which will be Saturday, uh, if you will register at nanorimo.com and then link your Dabble account to your NaNoWriMo account, and I'll post a uh, an article about how to do this over on storycraft.cafe, that two-week free trial will extend to two months. So if you want to join this uh, challenge with us and not sure if, if Dabble is right for you yet, you can you can try the entire challenge and and see if you like it and uh we think you will but uh anyway uh, go to storycraft.cafe and you can uh do that as well um guys amy ian josh lauren um i'm excited for what's going to come out of this next couple of months i'm excited about the books you guys are going to write and having you know, friends there to to hold me lovingly accountable, and um, I, I'm excited. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. Man. Yeah, fun. thanks for setting up this challenge. It's kind of always been like back in my hand, in my yeah. head, like I want to write, I want to write. But now this is gonna like put my nose to the grindstone. And I like how you know we on the internet at Storycrafts and at Keystroke at Dabble, we're gonna be doing this together. And you know, checking in on each other through the podcast and through your newsletter and through the, the Facebook groups. So I, I think uh, this is exciting and we're going to make it happen. I'm, I can't wait to see what it looks like. I know it's going to be great. Um, go over to storycraft.cafe. There's a, uh, a Google form um, that we posted a sign up where if you want to join us in this challenge, go fill that out. Um, it's just it. it I just ask a couple of questions. What's your email address? Um, what are you planning on writing? You know, do you think, and would you like to join us on a podcast sometime to talk about your progress? And so this will just help us to all stay connected through this. And um, for those of you who said that, that you would like to join us on a podcast, then maybe you'd like to come and join us in one of our hangouts, talk about the story that you're doing. We're going to be talking, uh, you know, over this next couple of months about, the the victories that we're having uh struggles that maybe we're coming up against and you know we're going to help each other out through this so um thank you everyone that's joined us in the chat and uh in the the live audience we're also going to be releasing this next week as a podcast at the storycraft cafe podcast so um go over and sign up uh even if you come in a couple of days you know after the first of october there's no um you know, there, there's not a cutoff there. You can join in anytime, and uh, and we look forward to seeing you. Uh, Amy, Ian, Josh, Lauren, uh, guys, thank you so much for joining us tonight, and uh, we will all be in touch. And I'm excited to check in with you guys again. Thanks, buddy. Thank all you. Right. Looking forward to it. That's our episode for today. There's so much more to come as we talk to authors about the craft of writing, but also the business of publishing. Be sure to subscribe to the StoryCraft Cafe podcast in your favorite podcast app so that you never miss an episode. The StoryCraft Cafe is made possible by Dabble. Writing a book is challenging. 
your writing tool should not be. Dabble is an easy-to-use online writing tool packed with helpful features that allow beginning novelists and published authors to create amazing stories. Visit us at dabblewriter.com and start your free trial today. Thanks for listening.